As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Definitely by far and away the best lineup I've ever faced. I've pitched two innings. I think I faced eight batters. The best collective eight hitters I've faced in a row by, by far and away. And it was my first game after uh, Tommy John surgery. White Sox pitching prospect, Jimmy Lambert, who didn't just face eight of the White Sox best hitters in his first game action since Tommy John. He struck out most of them. We're talking Grandal, Anderson, Jimenez, and Robert. Everyone's Chuck Arfine. This is the White Sox Talk Podcast brought to you by Wintrust. And today on the podcast, I'm speaking with Jimmy Lambert, the White Sox fifth round pick in 2016, who got Tommy John surgery a year ago, but is here in Chicago trying to make the team. We'll talk about his electric performance in his first intra-squad game, as well as the bond he's formed with fellow pitching prospect Dane Dunning. How good this White Sox offense is going to be. Michael Kopech's decision to opt out, as well as Jimmy's goal of pitching in the majors in 2020. It's the White Sox Talk Podcast. Yeah, don't forget about Jimmy Lambert. Here we go. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! That ball hit deep way back! Deep to the Holy cow! Carlton Press has put the White Sox ahead! Jimenez leaves the ballpark! You can put it on the board! Yes! We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, Jimmy Lambert, you've had uh, a journey back to where you are. Tell us about how you've been feeling and coming back from Tommy John. I know that's a long answer, but yeah. give, us, give us the cliff notes here. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely been pretty crazy getting hurt last year. Um, I told somebody this the other day, my goal having surgery in June was to put myself in position to pitch in the big leagues in 2020 because I didn't want to wait all the way until 2021 to get a chance. So um, with the virus and everything, you know, selfishly, I think myself and a couple others included, it's helped us because it's, I guess, put us on the fast track, but it's also, we didn't miss anything in 2020 so far, obviously. So, um, I mean, I've had no setbacks, and uh, it's been smooth sailing um, getting to work out and rehab in Arizona um, at Camelback Ranch throughout the entire um, shutdown and everything. And um, I feel good, and I'm just really happy that I uh, was invited to um, be a part of this group um, in Chicago for the time being. So it's, uh, it's been good. Yeah, because the way you're kind of explaining it, if there hadn't been a pandemic, you would have been doing – your comeback in a minor league affiliate at a minor league affiliate, you would have been in double a triple a, something like that. And here you are with a chance 
right off the bat to make the team in the major leagues. That, is that how you're looking at it? I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's how, whether it's realistic or not, I would like to think it's realistic, but I think that's the only way to look at it for, for me. Um, and like you said, I mean, if there was a season, I would probably being only 12 months out, I'd probably, I wouldn't even be at an affiliate at this point, probably. And, um, then probably would have started in Birmingham and maybe made my way to Charlotte. And if I really made an uh, impression, maybe to the big leagues by September, but that's a long road, a lot longer than what's ha- than what it could be now, you know, if I was able to uh, impress enough in the next 10 days or so to maybe get a chance at the 30 man roster on the 24th. Oh, so where do you think you would have been then in a regular season? You say you wouldn't even have been in an affiliate. You would have been what in, in Glendale? Yeah, so I would have been rehabbing in Arizona, and then I, I'm assuming I would have started my first few games would have been in the Arizona League, you know, just getting my feet wet. Um, and then I think I probably would have started in Birmingham and then maybe made my, my way to Charlotte. Um, so quite a difference between pitching in Arizona and then the other day pitching against the basically the starting lineup for the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, let's go through that. Who did you face? Um... So I, I pitched. I pitched for the. I guess we can call it the reserves because so it was the home team and away team. You were the away team. I w- I pitched for the away team and I, yeah, I faced. Uh, I guess you could call it the starting lineup. Um, obviously, without, um, Moncada, obviously, and uh, I think that's that's really it. All right, so. How did you do? How did you think you did? Um, I, to be honest with you, I just I, I went into it um, just wanting to fill up the zone with strikes. Um, being my first game action in 12 months. That was your first game action? Yeah. I had faced hitters, but not in that setting. So um, that was the first time, you know, in, in a game, in an inter-squad game. So I just, like I said, I wanted to fill up the zone with strikes and with all my pitches and I felt like I was able to do that. And so I was, uh, I mean, I was definitely happy with how it went. I'm thinking about that. So your first game action. Yeah. Normally you would not have been facing major league hitters in your first Eight. game action. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, by far and away the best lineup I've ever faced. I pitched two innings. I think I faced eight batters. The best collect, the best, collective eight hitters I faced in a row by, by far and away. And it was my first game after uh, coming back um, from Tommy John surgery. All right. So I'm trying to remember who was in that lineup. That was, that was Robert Anderson. Yeah. So I, I faced uh, Grandal for Grandal let off Eloy Mazzara Mendick Lurie Garcia, and then it flipped over to the top of the order, and I, it was either Robert and then Tim Anderson and then Abreu, or Tim Anderson, Robert, then Abreu. The only guy I missed because I faced eight of the nine, I didn't face Edwin. He was the he was on deck. For those who didn't watch, what happened there? <laughs> um, I I felt like I did well. I I didn't walk anybody. I had uh, I struck out five, and I gave up a home run to Mazzara. He definitely got one off me. That's so you sure. struck out five guys? Yeah. Who'd you strike out? Um, man, you're putting me on the spot with these questions. I would have remembered all five of them. You hadn't um, a no, live I, game in a year. I would have remembered every single pitch. Yeah. Uh, Grandal, T.A., Robert, Eloy, and Mendick. 
Not bad. Not bad. What happened with Mazzara? Mazzara, fastball inside. And like I said, I was just trying to fill up the zone. I, threw, I felt like I threw a pretty good pitch, and he just jumped all over, and he hit it. And I saw a tweet. They call it the Goose Island seats. Is yeah, it's the Goose Island. There, right? It's the Goose yeah, Island so club. He, yeah, he hit it into, the, uh, into that club. Pretty, I mean, he got it good. So, can you believe Mazzara is like batting seventh or eighth in this lineup? It's great. I mean, it, realistically, we've been looking at the lineup every day. And I mean, I don't, on paper, that's got to be a top five, top 10 for sure lineup in the big, I mean, in the major leagues. There's a collection of everything. You have the young guys, you have speed, you have a ton of power. I mean, you have the bay, batting champion. That's that's definitely a lineup with a lot of firepower. Yeah, it's amazing. How does it feel just to be back? You know, it's I, I you, there was like Tommy John Rowe at, in Glendale with all you yeah. guys, and it was like yeah. a therapy session for a lot of you because <laughs> yeah. this coming back, people might hear about the difficulties of it, but they hear it and then they go on to something else in their lives. You guys live it. How difficult is it and how good does it feel to be on the other side of it? Um, I, I don't want to make it sound like, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we still are professional baseball players and we get, for us, like you said, there was a group of us. So we got to go in to rehab every day and essentially hang out with your friends while rehabbing and working out. So, um, I mean, is it ideal? Is it what we all wanted? I mean, obviously not. We want to be pitching and competing in live games. I think that's the hardest part. You don't get to compete. You kind of have to find a way to compete with yourself in the rehab and the weight room. Um, and then, you know, three, four, five months in when you get to pick up a baseball, then you can compete in that way too. But um, like I said, it's not ideal, but it's at the end of the day, you know, you kind of have to count your blessings and realize you're still, it's not all that bad. And you just, um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's only been 12 months and, um, I got to step on a, on a major league mound and compete the other day and it felt great, um, just to be able to do that again. It, uh, it, it was definitely a lot of fun. More of my conversation with Jimmy Lambert is coming up, but first this from DraftKings. BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now you're pitching Thursday. What do you know about that in terms of how many innings you're going to throw and with, I, normally I would be like, I, you're not going to give anything away because you're facing a team, you're in an opponent, but you're facing your own team. So like, what, yeah, what, yeah. What? I, I think I was told I'm not going to go more than two innings until further notice. So mm -hmm. I would assume I'm going to pitch 
two innings. Now you're a starting pitcher. I, but I won't start because we have um, our day has four starters. I mean, I'm kind of calling myself a starter. I'm, I'm not. Um, I just like to think of myself, especially in 2020, as a pitcher that could pitch for the White Sox um, and get outs, whether it's at the beginning of the game, middle of the game, whenever. Um, but yeah, Cease and Lopez will probably start, or Cease and Rodon, or Rodon and Lopez, and then me and one of the the third of the other three will come in second. I'm assuming. Okay. Your roommate is Dane Dunning. Yes. What has that been like? Kind of share this together. Have you guys become not that you weren't close before, but have you become closer friends because you're both going through this in a way at the same time? Yeah, um, and we've we rehabbed for eight months straight from July to through January, and then maybe more than that, really. I mean, January and then into February and then into March, um, and then there was no season, and so we stayed rehabbing together, um, and now we've both were invited to Chicago and we decided to live together. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been nice to, we're kind of in a very similar position. I mean, he's a few months ahead of me, but, um, both coming off injury, both having not pitched in a game. I mean, he hadn't pitched in a game in two years. Um, but we both got our first game action back to back days. Um, both are feeling good. And, and, uh, like I said, we're just happy to be here and, and, uh, getting a chance to show what we can do. All right. So I'm curious, since you guys rehabbed together, you're both in Arizona together. How did you both find out you were coming here? Did you find out at the same time? How did that all play out? Yeah. So we, we all kind of Arizona, I don't know if you know, got shut down again, actually for the first time because of a few of the teams, they were all in Florida, but a few teams had massive COVID spikes and so, not massive, but enough to shut it down. And so, in Arizona, everything got shut down. And so, we all knew that the next step was going to Chicago just because that's what we were hearing. And um, I, we both, we got an email and either I texted him or he texted me and said, let's get a spot to live together because we didn't want to stay in the hotel. So, That's cool. Yeah. And I don't want to go into it too much because it's his own personal business, but there were three of you guys coming back from Tommy John that were the top pitching prospects and it's you Dunning and Kopech. And yes, I guess my question for you is, you know, can you understand, we don't know exactly what's going on with Michael, but can you kind of understand what he's going through? Cause it's not as easy as, all right, coming back from Tommy John and uh, I'm going to go into this, unknown ramped up quick spring training situation and that'll be my first you're not just dipping your toes in the water you're jumping in big yeah so can you did that enter your mind as well deciding whether to come here or not um definitely never crossed my mind to um opt out or if that's what it's called um, but I definitely can reason with Michael and I totally understand, um, you know, his thought process, if that, if that was his thought process, um, in terms of the uncertainty on role or whatever, you know, um, and then the other side of it is we're in a pandemic, you know, and so there's so much that goes into this. And like you said, we, we don't know, but, um, obviously, you know, I've heard many of the other guys and I mean, I, 
fully support him in his decision and, and uh, what he's decided to do. What's it been like on the inside in the clubhouse? <laughs> I can't even imagine this. Just the whole, all the protocols and what it takes to get on the field every day. What is that like? Yeah, um, it's actually gone incredibly smoothly. Um, the, the mask protocol is simple. You wear a mask unless you're on the field. Um, and then um, there are certain times where you're supposed to be in the training room, and so you go in the training room when it's that time. There are certain times when you're supposed to be in the weight room, so you go in the weight room at that time. Um, the hitters are there earlier, and so you, when the pitchers get there, Usually the hitters are outside. They're, I don't know what they're doing. They're in the cage or on the field. So the, the training room and the weight room is kind of there for us. Um, so it's all gone. And there's been, I mean, like 40 guys instead of what, I mean, in Chicago, usually there's only 25 guys. So um, it's really gone incredibly smoothly. And, I mean, I don't even think it's – it hasn't been hard really at all. It's uh, And you kind of have got into a routine where it just feels normal to some extent, I'm guessing? Yeah, at the beginning, I so some of us are in the visitors' clubhouse because of the social distancing pro- protocols, and obviously they don't want to put. There's a for every one locker, there's an open locker, mm-hmm. open locker, locker, open locker, locker. Um, so we had to spread out, and so we the visiting club locker room guys have to walk back and forth a lot, and I was forgetting my mask um, at the beginning, but now that you know I've done it so many times, I grab the mask and then go before, before you uh, walk over to the training room or the weight room or whatever it is. Hey, NBC has got something really special for you. Introducing their brand new streaming service, Peacock TV. They've got live sports, news, documentaries, and a whole bunch of your favorite TV shows. NBC Universal's new streaming service, Peacock, has it all. I've gone on it several times. I've watched basically every Saturday Night Live skit I've ever wanted to watch. They're all there on Peacock TV. Learn more at PeacockTV.com. It's the exclusive home for all of NBC Sports' free Premier League coverage in deep with Ryan Lochte. There's also Lost Speedways, hosted by Dale Earnhardt Jr., and so much more. That's PeacockTV.com to learn more. When you threw your uh, intra-squad game, who was catching for you? Uh, Collins. Collins, okay. Yeah. What are you learning from – have you learned anything from Grandal since he's been here, or have you mainly been working with Collins or McCann or, or Mercedes? Who is who you um, working with? I actually don't know that Grandal – I think Grandal is the one that hasn't caught me in bullpen or live. But I've mainly been working with Collins, and um, I mean, I love working with Collins – my best year was 2018 and Collins caught me almost every game. And I, he just has a very good understanding of my pitches and everything. Um, as for Grandal, um, I mean, he's great. I think we have, a, I have nothing bad to say about any of the veterans mm-hmm. on our team. They're just, I mean, great guys. And Grandal is a guy that will offer his advice to anybody, regardless who it is. I mean, I was throwing a bullpen in Arizona one time and he just stopped and was watching me and after the bullpen he told me hey you know he just gave me a little piece of advice and where he doesn't have to do that you know he's you know a eight-year veteran or whatever he is in the major leagues but um but yeah I mean he's he's been great they've all been great um 
and it's it's great to work with each of them. Yeah, Grandal, that's what I've heard. He just he has kernels of wisdom that he's just sharing with everybody about everything, and yeah. we're on the receiving end of it. Um, is there one? He's picture? definitely a, he's well, a professional. Ahead. He's a professional. That's the best way to describe him. He's a pros pro. Is there one pitcher who stands out who is you're like, okay, he's having a big year. I can see it. Um, well, I saw Giolito pitch yesterday and I was like, okay, he's going to repeat or if not do better. Um, I mean, he was just outstanding. Um, I don't, I mean, I think everyone's, to be honest with you, I think everybody has looked really good. I thought, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't pick one guy that I'm like, oh, well, that guy's having a breakout year. I think everybody's looked, looked really good, and everybody's in shape and ready to go from what I've seen. So, are you going to that place of, I could pitch in the majors this year? <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. I mean, I uh, like I said, that was my goal when I got surgery to put myself in position in 2020. I didn't know it would be this fast. Um, yeah, I mean, I would. Uh, that's my goal is to make the team. I don't. I don't think I should be here if my goal wasn't to make the team. So, that is definitely my goal, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about it. Okay, Jimmy's gonna be back on the mound Thursday in another intra-squad game, which we'll have for you on NBC Sports Chicago and also streaming on the My Teams app. Scheduled for seven ten p.m. I'll be on the call with Jason Benetti. Just keeping the seat warm for the one and only Steve Stone. He'll be back in the booth for the Sox-Cubs exhibition game coming up on Sunday. But back to Jimmy Lambert, who is a starting pitcher, but given this abbreviated season, this all-hands-on-deck season, he just wants to pitch, whether in the rotation or in the bullpen. Uh, He's getting a great opportunity right now to show what he can do, where he's at coming off Tommy John, and what he's capable of. And we saw what he's capable of in that first game. Uh, his fastball reached 95. He's got a great changeup, good curve, good slider. So we'll see what happens with him here in 2020. And a quick story on Jimmy. So last June, I go to Wrigley. My friend's a Cubs fan. Wanted to go to a Cubs game. All right, I got him tickets. So we go to a Cubs game. They're playing the Rockies. The guy pitching that day for the Rockies is Peter Lambert, Jimmy Lambert's brother. So I send a text to Jimmy. I say, hey, I'm watching your brother here at Wrigley. And Jimmy texts back saying, I'm here too. And I'm like, you're here too. You, aren't, you should be in the minors right now. What are you, what are you doing here? You, got, you have a season going on. So we meet up at Wrigley and he proceeds to tell me that he's going to have to get Tommy John surgery. So imagine being Jimmy Lambert at that point, knowing he needs to get Tommy John surgery and he's watching his brother making his major league debut against the Cubs. Peter Lambert gave up one run over seven innings while striking out nine. The Rockies beat the Cubs three to one. He's so ecstatic for his brother, and yet he's facing, Jimmy is facing, Tommy John surgery in the next you know, week or so. So elation and yet somewhat 
a feeling of despair for yourself because you realize the next year is going to be involving surgery and rehab. So to see Jimmy Lambert back on the mound one year later in Chicago and doing what he did against the White Sox hitters, bravo to him. I'm happy for him and looking for big things from Jimmy Lambert in 2020 and beyond. That's a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast. It's brought to you, as always, by Wintrust, your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to their special White Sox webpage. It is www.wintrust.com slash Sox. Hawk Harrelson, take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over.